Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Breaking Bad episode. We are getting juicier and juicier every single week. We are into a very famous episode. Say my name. It first aired on the 26th of August, 2012. The episode was written by Thomas Schnauz. It was directed by Thomas Schnauz. I should say this is the seventh episode of season five, and wow, there's a um, pretty famous scene at the beginning of this one, and a famous scene at the end of it, which, as I was just saying to Nick off air, I completely forgot this was the episode that happened, so plenty to get into it. My name is Ben, and say my name, say my name, if no one is around you, say baby I love you, if you ain't running game, say my name, say my name, you acting kind of shady, ain't calling me baby, why the sudden change? When do I when do I cut you off now? Uh, now, now it's fine. <laughs> well, my name's Nick, and I'm on speakerphone with the Brains Trust. <laughs> it's kind of funny when you got like the really famous quotes, right? Like you kind of like, oh, who's going to say it? Like you know, I'm the one who knocks all that kind of stuff. And I was kind of like, well, I get to go first this week, so I could say it. But no, like bring in a bit of Destiny's Child to the show because you know we don't sing them enough on this show, Nick. So we're gonna we're gonna change that. I feel. Well, I mean, going back to the um, the roots of our show, I remember that um, reading one of Mark Burnett's books, and he was saying they went to like some things like the what's it called like the um, the upfronts every year where they're announcing mm-hmm. new TV shows and stuff. Yep. And like this yep. is when Survivor was massive, and Destiny's Child sung Survivor at that. So there you go. There's <laughs> Look a connection. at that connection to everything. But um, yeah, this episode, I mean, again, obviously well known for a certain thing at the very beginning of this episode. It's the name of the episode, for goodness' sake. Uh, but again, as I said, like I, I feel like last week we didn't even mention anything about there being a major character death this week because I completely forgot that this is the episode where that happens. I, I thought it happens in episode eight. I thought everything happens in episode eight. But no, this uh, literally this episode, spoiler alert, I mean, you're listening to this, you've clearly watched the episode, but Mike dies in this episode. So, um, yeah, this, this episode's got a lot going for it. Uh, and I, I've got a real feeling that uh, 18 buys in a row are going to be uh, very much tied today with your little record that you could be equaling but this is a great episode it's funny because again going back to my little book that i've got breaking bad 101 um the guy says oh good episode but he's got some issues with it i'm like oh it's interesting because like i've never really heard much bad about this episode so Mm. i'll talk about his concerns as we go through there but um yeah no i i mean i i I think it's a great episode it kind of builds on where we're getting to and i think kind of like i've had a few kind of minor quibbles i guess about the first part of this season like being a lot of setup and I think we're kind of officially past the setup point now. Like it's all just payoff now, you know. And um, and you know, like the next this episode and the next one are kind of like they're pretty frenetic, right? There's just a lot of action happening now at this point. So yeah, it's it's fun stuff. And that's the thing that I think it kind of hits you in this season, where like as you said, there's a bit of build up, but then all of a sudden, like just shit just starts happening and it doesn't stop. And like it, this is this is I mean. If you want to get addictive, binge-worthy television, I think this is purely it right now. I think I, I told the story when we very first started doing this show, and if I if I did, skip ahead. If I didn't, I'm telling it now. I, I made my first ever taste of Breaking Bad was flicking channels late at night, and it was on, like, SBS here in Australia at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. I think it was Aussie Mandas. I think it was the end of that episode, which, of course, that's going to hook you straight away, is it not? Uh, and I didn't know what was happening, but I just remember watching a few minutes of it going, oh, this is that Breaking Bad show. Oh, this doesn't seem too bad. Like, this is, oh, like, what's going to happen next? And I didn't even know what the fuck was happening in the show at that point. So, like, it's kind of like one of these shows that I feel if you were flicking channels and it was on and you just kind of get attached to it, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, what's happening? But, um, I mean, even at the opening of this episode, it kind of does that because 
I mean, this very famous scene from this episode literally is the pre-title sequence, if this is a Bond movie. Uh, it is very much like um, the whole I'm the one who knocks sequence, which happens at the very beginning, isn't it? So yeah. it's kind of, it's interesting, isn't it, that it basically you get maybe one of, if not the most famous scene in all of Breaking Bad is is literally the opening five minutes of this episode. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about it in Cornered as well, didn't we, that, you know, that, that really famous line comes very early in the episode. Um mm. And you always kind of think that these memorable moments kind of are like the kind of climax of an episode, but they're actually not, you know, well, most of them are not. And that's actually going to be true later on when we get to Ozymandias too, is that, you know, the big moment of that episode kind of happens early. Um, so it's a bit of a bit of a kind of trope, I guess, in, um, in Breaking Bad. Which is because Ozymandias is like it always, because uh, that's like basically the two-parter of that. I always feel is one episode. And then I kind of think that uh, whatever the episode is before it, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but like to me that gets overlooked as a brilliant episode because everybody yeah. ties everything. What happens in Ozymandias is what happens in that. It's like, well, no, all the good shit, like the really, really intense shit happens the episode beforehand, doesn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, Tahajali is a great episode. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I think we're actually in this period of like there's these memorable moments in season five which I've talked about already quite a bit, that kind of overshadowed the other great stuff happening in that mm. episode or, or good, good kind of build-up episodes. And I think this is kind of the start of it. I think a lot of people, obviously, with the title of this episode, think about this famous scene that, that opens it and then forget about a lot of the other cool stuff that happens in it. Hence the ending. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think that's even true for the next episode. I think it's true for you know oh, yeah. a couple in the second half of season five. So, yeah, I think that's a real thing of like, you know, like I, th- I think, Human, human beings have only got so much capacity to remember stuff and you remember moments as opposed to kind of categorizing episodes but yeah there are some there are just some knockout episodes and this is one of them like it's a it's a really really strong episode and it's it's interesting i mean looking here and this is kind of obvious i've marked down two potential top five moments as we probably know what both of them are but just looking ahead to next week spoiler alert, i've marked down four potential top five moments so yeah. six in the next two episodes alone uh we're screwed for this season but so we're picking up obviously end of last episode the cliffhanger you know walt being uh basically coming up with this great idea that is essentially going to help them with their little situation with both mike and jesse wanting to get out of the business so great shot of them driving through the desert i kind of love this evil guitar music that's playing like the no 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 um walt's looking at his wrist because he's still burnt himself essentially and uh, the one thing i will point out about this is i love the moment when they're driving out to the car and i love jesse oh look there they are (laughs) yes this open desert yeah yeah nothing else is there (laughs) like i'm sure you saw these guys like a couple of k's back like dots on the horizon I oh, also just like uh, the, the, how you kind of like you get the shot from like behind the back seat, so you kind of just see it centered on Walt, with obviously Mike on one side and Jesse on the other. So you got like these mm. three bald characters all sitting in this car. It's like, yeah, um, yeah Vince Gilligan does like his bald characters, doesn't he? He does. I don't know if this is something that ever he's been asked about, but um, we'll get to that in the bottom of the orange references that we mentioned a few episodes ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, one thing I want to say before I, this is a weird thing for Ben to notice. In uh, one of the most famous scenes in all Breaking Bad, I really like Jesse's leather jacket. I don't know. There's just something cool about it. Uh, Again, but they're wearing it out in the middle of the fucking desert. (laughs) Um, So they pull up. Walt, Mike, and Jesse, they're having this meeting with Declan, uh, that guy we met before who's basically only in like three scenes and you all know him from this one scene because of... Yep. So the, the whole deal is essentially... Walt is saying that rather than buying us out for $15 million, buying the methylamine, how about you become our distributor? Uh, your product is shit. It's like, what, like 70, 80% or something, isn't it? Now it's 99.1%. Uh, I need a distributor. You can make this amount of money. You'll make this cut. Um, why not? Let's do this. Um, he also says that basically like I killed Gus Fring and Declan's like, no, you didn't. That was the cartel. And he's like, nope, I did. And then he throws the meth at Declan and he's like, you know who I am. And then kind of, he kind of clicks and then we get the, say my name. And it's like, what? It's like, you know, you know who I am. Come on. Say my name. You're Heisenberg. You're goddamn right I am. Now, I, I will admit, when I first saw this, I don't think I ever knew the thing around this scene. It's like, I didn't know that this was such an iconic scene. And like, this is... Let me just preface it by saying, like, I'm not going to say I don't like this scene. But when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, cool. Yep, right. And then all of a sudden, like, I saw all these posters and things and everything. And I'm like, oh, this is so iconic. And I was like, 
really wasn't that good. He was just like, say my name, Heisenberg. You goddamn right. It is okay, sure. But like, I I feel it is kind of almost a bit like I'm the one who knocks. Or it's kind of like the first time you see it, you're like, okay, yep, cool. And then you kind of like buy into the hype. I definitely feel like all of a sudden you see everything and you watch some videos on YouTube and just and all of a sudden you're like, okay, it's pretty badass. It's kind of cool. I like it. Um, I also like the little moments of this scene though. Like overall, the scene is great because like it's just evil dick walt like even when he's like talking about the fact that he killed fring and i love the fact that they cut to mike and he just kind of has this like head shake like oh well what are you doing and then even when like walt's saying about how like you know jesse and i come on board here we're the best cooks in all of america uh and even like jesse kind of looks over at um walt and uh, mike and kind of they're looking at each other and some other great lines that i fucking love when it's like he's comparing his product, he's like basically like, you're grade school T-ball and I'm the New York Yankees. And it's like, you're generic off-brand cola and I'm classic Coke. Do you really want to live in a world without Coca-Cola? I'm like, no, Walt, I don't want to live in a world. I can't drink this stuff right now, but no, I don't want to live in a world without Coca-Cola. So much great stuff around this. Obviously, it's known for the same I name. It is badass. It's great. And I also do like the fact that this is the pre-titles. Like, I, like back to what you were saying about how like this would work at the end, sure, but... It kind of sets this episode up, doesn't it? And, like, even the way it's edited with the you're goddamn right it is straight into the don't, no, no, no. Like, it's just, it's like, whoa, drop mic moment. So, uh, no, I shouldn't say drop mic in this episode. That's a bit uh, insensitive, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Very but, uh, insensitive. <laughs> you're right. I mean, it's a great episode. And the whole say my name thing is really just, a, you know, like, well, Walt's ego is out of control and, you know, it's just an oh, opportunity yeah. for him to, to kind of really, uh, you know, kind of drive that point home, um, which I really, really enjoy. And, um, yeah, I think I, I, I just want to point out, like, because we probably won't talk about it when it's actually said in a few episodes time that, um, you know, somebody else refers to Declan as being that Wolverine looking guy. So just like, <laughs> we might as well bring it up here. Cause here he is. Yeah. Um, and, and See I do it. like his, his like henchman who's got like the Bart Simpson haircut yeah. in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're like an interesting crew, like looks wise, these guys, but um, yeah, and no, I think it's really good. It kind of sets, sets a tone. And um, what I like, yeah, I do like that kind of like that, that kind of like um, kind of, it, the head shake from Mike that he's just done with this shit, you know, and he just, he's so sick of this bullshit. Um, but then I also like kind of, um, you know, like the, the kind of casual reference to, you know, like you've got the best cook, two of the best cooks or whatever, you know, like he, he, he kind of catches himself and he's like, Oh yeah, I've got to also, I've also got to like pad Jesse and, and tell him he's great, you know, like to keep him on side. So um, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's quite masterfully p- played by Walt. I think he does a good job with this stuff and it kind of just, yeah, just really sets a tone that, you know, this guy's out of control, but, but he's also, he's also in control. Like he's also like, you know the lead man now you know and and we're really kind of getting that moment of, of you know he's gonna he's prepared to kind of um cut these two guys aside that he's been working with now they want out so he's fine with that he's going to find a way forwards he's not done yet and I, think, I just quite like it i think it's good setup really did, did you ever feel like did you remember watching this for the first time thinking the whole say my name was like super iconic straight away or was it kind of like a thing that you built into the hype afterwards yeah, I, I mean, I don't remember. I mean, I think it's a it's a good line. Um, I I mean, obviously, if you've got the kind of um, the DVD sets, you know, you the the you know season five B, the, the second half that we haven't talked about yet, like the cover of that is a picture of Walt with you know, remember my name. So you know, like mm. they kind of play on it quite a bit as being a thing. And yeah, you're right. There's it's probably spawned a million t-shirts and and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a really and you know like your 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 opening uh singing aside i think it's actually you know like it's it, it is a you know like it's a memorable line not just in and of itself it's because it's something that has been in the kind of lexicon already um you know that somebody is just no is you know known even just by a name as having a reputation and i think that that's yeah i think it's powerful on a number of levels which is it's interesting that they called the episode say my name because i feel that like these sort of fame, like, I guess, like, face-off, sure, but, like, some of these famous ones, well, box cut, okay, there's maybe a few more, but, like, it's kind of, you know, you never called the episode I'm the one who knocks, if you know what I mean. Like, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's very survivor-esque of, of actually naming the title after a, a quote that's said during the episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And you talked about kind of, like, the way Walt's, I guess, almost baiting Jesse, inflating him a little bit. I mean, we, this is it's kind of like the whole point of this. Like, and I, I, like, I like 
this whole sort of dynamic between Walt and Jesse now where Jesse's done, but like Walt just knows he's got control over Jesse. He's just kind of like, you're not done. Like, you know, you're, you're not going to walk away. And then just Jesse, because even here at the car sort of, you know, Walt's just like, oh, you know, you're not done. Like, it's all right. Just help me transition. Like, it'll be fine. Um, so, you know, we'll get there. Um, we get Mike saying goodbye to Walt and Jesse here. And I love kind of just this moment where Walt's just kind of like, that's it. You know, no thanks for the five million dollars. <laughs> um, no, cha- no, sorry for chaining you to the radiator. Uh, and then you know, Mike just kind of leaves and says a bit of a bye here to Jess, which this is the last time him and Jesse ever speak, isn't it? So, uh, well, I guess technically on the phone in Saul's office, but uh, nice little moment between the two of them. Um, I, I, we we mentioned last week about sort of the whole Skylar Jesse scene. Uh, is this the last time they're ever in a scene? Well, no, because we're about to have a scene of them. The methylamine's being hidden at the car wash, and uh, Walt comes to get it. Won't really tell Skylar what's going on with it. I love just the awkward moment between Jesse and Skylar, and uh, Jesse's like, hmm, "Vaminos," and Skylar's just like, "I wish." <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, huh? Um, I've got a question. Like, if Walt needs Jesse to help get this out, how did he get it in there in the first place? Isn't it harder to reverse this thing into the car wash <laughs> than it is to get it out of there? So <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of question how we got it in there in the first place. Uh, and maybe I'll just lump in here the lawyer guy that we meet here with Doris, the bank lady. I don't know who she is. Um, dropping off with a banana and bacon cookies now. Sounds disgusting, but I actually can imagine that's probably delicious. Usually these disgusting combination of things are actually yum. I remember a co-host on a radio show of mine once, we'd have our celebratory episodes every 100 episodes, and he one time was like, I'm going to bring in a baked bean cake. And you're like, huh? And he's like, a, a baked bean cake? And you're like, that sounds absolutely fucking disgusting. It wasn't. It was amazing. Um, I stopped... I, Toe the line when he said he's bringing in a broccoli cake, though, so I didn't eat that one next time <laughs> around. But um, the baked bean cake was pretty good. But uh, the lawyer here... Uh, at the bank is depositing money into all these uh, security boxes, which is obviously how Mike is paying off everyone. We get some great camera shots. We get wrist cam, uh, POV shot of money going into these um, boxes. And we see the big box uh, to Kaylee on your 18th birthday. He has a bit of a meeting here with Mike. Mike obviously said to Walt and Jesse that he'll continue paying these legacy costs. And Mike and this lawyer are just kind of like, cool, keep dropping them off in small amounts. No one's ever going to catch on to this. Uh, Mike is listening into the DEA uh, on his laptop, basically thinking that he's getting away with this. He drops a laptop and a shit ton of guns into the bottom of a well and leaves a car at the airport with a key. And I'll stop it there before we get the raid because there's obviously a few little scenes there to kind of uh, cover off. Yeah, I think the kind of salty sweet combination is quite good. I saw a recipe for a banana and something, oh, not banana, um, bacon and something brownie, which looked really mm. good. But um, now that I don't eat meat, there didn't really seem much. Have point. you ever so, had one of those bacon like uh, like a cocktail kind of like I had a um, uh, some I don't even know what it was. It was like some chocolate liqueur cocktail, but they put bacon in it. Like right. you dipped your bacon in it, and like again, you think, oh, that's fucking disgusting, but it was actually quite good. Good combination. Well, salted caramel is obviously a big thing. Well, exactly. And, and, and before yeah. that, the old uh, PB and J, right? So it's yeah. fries and your yeah, soft serve at Macca's if you did that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So um, yeah, not that uncomfortable. I, I actually like this lawyer. I think it's really interesting that they went with it. They didn't go with Saul for this particular character, and um, yeah. we're obviously going to kind of find out why for for story reasons in the next episode. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's it's quite good to have this kind of different character. I think it's it, it's quite. Yeah, nice to have. Yeah, I do like that little scene of kind of um, Walt, again, his ego coming in about no thanks and, and all that kind of stuff. And it is something that will kind of get quite a few references to as the show kind of comes to its conclusion of, of Walt feeling, um, what, what's the right word, aggrieved, I suppose, that people don't aren't appreciative of, of his help as he sees it, you know. Um, and, you know, I think it just, it just shows Walt's lack of understanding really that um, – you know that's not how people work you know that's not the way that the world works and that he's got to where he has because of the help of other people as well so you know it's a it's a kind of a joint thing so yeah i do find it a really interesting um you know a a really telling story kind of um device for walt that he's he's always looking for people to tell him thank you and you know you're amazing and special and um that's just not the way people are hardwired and and yeah it just kind of really gets to walt's ego issues doesn't it yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's kind of we're obviously going to get a lot of that at the end of this episode, kind of. And 
Yeah, just and I, I like that build up of kind of how you have that because you get little glimmers of that throughout the series, but like all of a sudden Walt's just gonna lose it completely with all of that sort of stuff. Do you like the Skylar Jesse? You know the Vaminos? Yeah. Like, just like, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Which it's I, I don't. I've obviously seen like a whole bunch of sort of interviews in the cast and that sort of stuff, but I don't know if I've really ever seen like Anna Gunn and um, Aaron Paul interact too much. But I just like I feel like to kind of have this awkward tension between the two of you, you actually have to have like really good chemistry, like in real life. So I just feel that these two probably like get along really, really well, and it's just kind yeah, of it's bit, quite it's funny. Like, I, I, I well. think I've seen quite a few kind of like um, you know red carpet shots or them at awards things, and they're quite you know they seem like quite you know, like um, get along really well. Type of, and I think this is probably the kind of cast that it's a small cast really, you know, like the, yeah. the main cast. So I imagine they probably all get along. They probably spent a lot of time together. Um, so, yeah, I think they do kind of, and, you know, like I started watching, there's a, there's a great documentary um, which is about the the final eight episodes. Um, and I've just been, you know, kind of watching that and, um, you know, you kind of get that whole thing of, you know, once you get a show like this, that they spend a lot of time together and they're kind of saying it's like, it's like summer camp, you know, every time they kind of come back together. So, yeah, I think there is a real, like, camaraderie amongst this this, um, this whole crew, even if they – this cast, sorry, even if they don't have a lot of scenes together. Like, there was even, like, a really cool little shot of kind of um, Aaron Paul and um, um, and RJ Mitty kind of like, hey, how's it going? And they don't share any screen time together mm. at all. So, yeah, it, it was just quite a nice little touch, I thought. Which it does add to you, like, shows you like when you know the cast. Like, here's our average, you know, one an episode Friends reference. But, like, even in that sort of reunion thing, like, it's just it's just nice when you see these guys, like, hanging out. Because there, there are so many, obviously, famous incidents on TV shows where people don't get along and after all these years. And we're here on the Oz Network. We've, you know, interviewed many people from shows that we've covered. And after many years, they're like, oh, I don't talk to this person. I don't talk to this person. But it's kind I of... I thought you were going to say, like, previous Ozlets, we just all hate each other. Well, right? we do. A lot of them. <laughs> uh, it's You know, a random thing. Here's a fun little tangent for you. I um, was going through some old Survivor Oz things recently, just cataloging stuff and just making sure I've got things in order. And I literally got to like some of the Oslet episodes and I'm literally looking at this going, who the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) And no disrespect to like any Oslet who's listening except for a couple of them. But like it's, I I literally looked at them and I'm like, I don't know who that was. Did we have a person called that name? Um, And I just, I literally going, what? Or like there'd be episodes we did and I'm like, we did that episode? Or even Survivor contestants, I'm like, I interviewed that survivor. I don't even remember them. And I love that. Like, hello to Lad Undercover if he's listening. I love it because he generally listens to our episodes about three years from the past. And he will, like, all of a sudden be tweeting Colin. And I go, ah, ha, ha, you're so funny. You said this in an episode. And I'm like, did we? I don't remember doing that movie, but okay. So if you're listening to this Lad Undercover in, like, 2027, uh, hello. Hope the kids are well. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm talking about Nick's kids. He's probably got kids by then. I don't know. His dogs. <laughs> there is kids. Um, so we get the raid scene. I love Mike just making yeah. a coffee, sitting down, watching some TV while the DEA are like going through his house and finding nothing and poor old Hank's uh, at a loss. Uh, we get Jesse showing up now to uh, Walt. What's he doing here? Like, is he cleaning the equipment or what's he doing with the stuff here? Like, Kind of just like, Jesse, oh, you can help out. You can do this. And this is once again Jesse trying to get out. And I, I thought this was the last sort of scene we get between Jesse and Walt, almost a, like a nice scene between them. But I guess we get one next episode technically. Because um, it starts off nice and sort of Walt, you know, like, oh, help clean this, help clean that. And Jesse's basically like, like I'm done. Like, you know, I want my $5 million. And poor old uh, Jesse just gets berated here by Walt and, Walt essentially is like going and talking about like, oh, you think the murder of uh, of Drew isn't affecting me? Like, I'm a father, you know, this should affect me the most. Um, and, you know, what about all the other people that we've killed along the way? Uh, this is not going to happen again. And I love Jesse basically, you know, you always say this, which is kind of true. Like, let's mark everything that's always happened in this show that Walt says something and it always ends up getting worse. Uh, Jesse going off saying that like, what? Because I don't want to cook meth anymore. That makes me bad. Um, and then I love kind of just like Walt manipulating Jesse even more here by basically saying like, oh, you want your money. That's blood money. Like, you know, what do you think about that? You know, that you're, I'm saving you from this. And Jesse's basically like, look, whatever. I don't want this money. And he kind of leaves and Walt, you know, yelling at him. I mean, this is a great scene. If this, look, if this season wasn't stacked to the brim with top five moments, if this episode wasn't stacked to the brim with moments, I mean, you would put this as a potential nomination for top five because it's just this almost is the final divorce almost between these two in some ways. Like, 
it's not in a way, but like really from here, there's no getting better essentially between these two. So this, you could almost argue, is the divorce of these two after five seasons. But it's it's a great scene. And I love Jesse standing up to Walt here, even though he's just kind of so frustrated with it. And Walt just, again, trying to hang on to power with everything, but he's just he's losing control. As you said, no respect and essentially he's getting from people. But it's a, it's a great scene. It is really good. And, again, it goes back to the point I was making before about Walt's ego and his pride are so easily bruised and dented isn't yeah. it like it would be easy for him to just kind of say oh look you know here's your money kind of see you later it's been good times and you know he doesn't actually have to kind of you know bite back onto what jesse's saying but he just can't help himself you know he's just he's so driven by his ego now that he has to take a bite out of jesse and i kind of get it to a degree i think you know like you know, Jesse has done some pretty terrible stuff and to now suddenly be be having these kind of moral issues. I could understand it from Walt's perspective, but I guess the thing is Walt never understands anything from anyone else's perspective. You know, it's always about how he feels. And he's saying, look, I can kind of separate what we're doing and, and the consequences of it from the necessity of doing it in order to be successful. But and why can't you? And he just doesn't get that Jesse's a different person to him and is going to have a different reaction. Um, and, you know, like I think, you know, somebody who was, who had more emotional intelligence would be able to kind of rescue this relationship and, and kind of, or at least leave it on good terms. But Walt's just not that character anymore, you know, like, and, and maybe he never was, um, you know, and, and I think even, and potentially actually that's to answer my own question immediately. I, I don't think he ever was really. I think he is somebody who's always felt that he was destined for great things and, and the world's been kicking him in the guts. And, you know, so I think he's always had a, a, a feeling of kind of um, sympathy for himself. And um, this is just a really good showcase for that really. Um so yeah, it's it is a great scene, and you're right. Like I think in any other season, this would be a, a top five nominee, but it's probably not even going to get close, unfortunately, in the season, which is really yeah. sad. But it just speaks to the kind of quality that we've got going on here. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm going to lump a whole bunch of stuff in here together, basically, and kind of keep the last stuff together because I feel like there's a lot of little scenes here that kind of connect before we get into the big sort of finale of it. So um, Hank's in a meeting; he's bored. Um, they're all talking about budgets for raids and how they don't have as much money from the ATF and the FBI and all this kind of stuff. Uh, he's too busy looking at Mike photos because why wouldn't he be? He gets berated by his boss on video call here saying that, you know, you're the, uh, you're the ASAC now. You shouldn't be wasting money on this. There's 12 other investigations and stop it. We're not giving you any money to tail Mike and just move on. Uh, Gomi comes in here and he's all like, hey, like this lawyer, everyone's been quiet, which one thing I will say, like it kind of, I do question why weren't they, aren't they tailing the lawyer in the first place? Like why all of a sudden does this click to them now? Like you'd think that, you know, like they would be connecting all the dots and everything already. But I mean, you know, maybe I'm not a cop. Maybe these things kind of happen. Just also in the the video conference of this guy, uh, Hank's boss, is that photo behind him on the wall, the one of Fring shaking hands? Like, <laughs> is that be, yeah, still yeah. on the wall? Like, I, like, I'm just thinking, like, is Fring, like, even when he's, like, found out to be this massive meth lord, they're still like, but no, deep down he was a good guy. Uh, like, he was great at charity t-ball or whatever it was. So I just, I was looking at that the whole time, like, why do I still have that photo on the wall of Fring shaking hands? Like, I don't think, like, the US government, if they provided weapons to Osama Bin Laden in the 80s and were like, oh, Osama, have some weapons, you know, go to the Taliban, <laughs> you know, post-2001, George Bush is in the White House. Oh, but Osama made really good bacon and banana cookies. I can't get rid of this photo. Like, what a man. Killed a couple of thousand people, but, you know, whatever. Um... So they then uh, realise that they're going to tail this lawyer because, uh, you know, the connection, what's going on. We get um, a scene here with Walt and we find out that uh, Todd is his new uh, lab partner, which, again, this is going to set up a chain of events, which ultimately won't be too good for Walt moving forward. But the thing is I, I like about this because, again, with any show, any movie, you watch it for the second, third, fourth time, and you pick up on things, right? When you're watching this the first time, you have no idea that basically this is going to lead to everything that's going to happen. But I just kind of like watching this again, knowing what happens, going, oh, okay, sliding doors moment here, Walt. Uh, you know, shouldn't be doing this. But um, he's uh, goes all teacher mode here. You've got to apply yourself, son, and you can get to the bottom of this. Um, and I just, I do like, again, I just love the character of Todd. So I like it at the end. He's taking all these notes and basically he's like, oh, like, oh, this is, this is complicated. It might actually take me a couple of goes to get this. And I just love Walt's just like, 
Yes, son, it probably will. And then he's like, let's talk about money. And Todd's just like, no, we'll wait till I get it. And kind of what's like, oh, you know, that's that's nice. We got our lawyer back again uh, with Doris, the the bank lady. What what is this lawyer's name? Dan. All right, let's call him Dan. That's his name. Um, and he's brought cake pops this time around. Mm-mm-mm. Don't we love a good cake pop? Did you make any of your Breaking Bad cake pops in your cooking no. bad? <laughs> no, no, not yeah, I should have done. That would have been not good yet. timing. Can I just say this this bank lady, whoever she is, very believable bank lady. I it believe like a bank lady. Yeah, she works for a bank. I believe yep. it. So great casting here on Breaking Bad. Well done. Uh, so she's a bit off this time around. She's not all excited for the bacon things. She's a bit like, oh, cake pops, cool. And we find out that um, the the DA is here. <laughs> I fucking love this moment. <laughs> I just love this lawyer. Sort of, he's like, you so look. Dan just looks up and he's just like, hey. And I fucking love Gomi. <laughs> just looks, smile on his face. Hey. <laughs> It's so good. I don't know why I love that so much. Um, Walt and Skylar are eating dinner. Walt's like, hey, so I'm working with someone new. And Skylar just walks off with a wine. Uh, to which next scene, uh, Walt starts crying in Hank's office again, goes get the coffee. He's there to um, get the the tracking device off. Because we should mention Mike said earlier, like, get the bug out of the DEA. They're going to be doing a sweep soon. And got to hand it to the DEA here of kind of being a bit shit. Why is um, Hank just having a conversation directly in front of a random... Like, I know he's his brother-in-law. He trusts him. I get it. But, like, hey, so we found that suspect. Oh, yeah, he's he's going to cave in on Mike. We've got him. Like, right in front of Walt. How convenient. Uh, so that's going to set into a chain of command now that the lawyer, Dan, has caved. He's given him information on Mike. And essentially the last uh, 10 or so minutes of this is going to be about uh, Mike escaping. So I lumped a whole bunch in there. All little scenes kind of setting it up. But um, just want to say... As somebody, like, I like cake. Don't get me wrong. Cake's fine. Like, it's it's good. I'll have some cake. Cake pops, eh, they're fine. Like, I just, I didn't get this big deal around cake pops. Like, oh, I've got to have a cake pop. Let's make a cake pop. So, uh, cake pops, fine. Don't get the massive deal with them. They're, they're kind of like the, I don't know, the the Pepsi. No, Pepsi shit. I don't know. I'm trying to think. They're like the, the Romania. Let's go back there. We always do that. Like, they're there. You know it exists. I have nothing against Romania, but, like, I don't go out of my way to visit Romania, you know? So... Cake pops. Yeah, it feels like a lot of work for not a lot of cake would be my Yeah, well, exactly. Like, you know, like it's, it just it's feels the Oz like. Network. It's a lot of work for not a lot of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, and not a lot of listeners. <laughs> we are the cake pops of podcasting. Like, oh, it sounds good. It sounds entertaining. You're listening. Like, well, that was a lot of shit for no real reward. Oh, oh now I'm going to have to make Gus Fring cake pops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, a, a few good scenes there. I just I want to play a game with you, actually. Do you know what, what ASAC actually stands for? Because it's been bugging me, and I just think every time it gets mentioned, I think I need to look that up, okay. and, I, and I, now I have. I could um, cheat and pretend and look, but I'm not going to. Well, I'm going to I'll, I'll, tell like you, a, I'll tell you. So it's Albuquerque Station. No, it's, it's, okay. it's, no, not, right. it's not um, um, geographically linked, so it's an um, assistant special agent in charge. Okay. Um, but of Makes course, sense. I just I googled what is ASAC. I don't know if you've ever played the game Boulder Dash, but um, oh, I love Boulder Dash. Yeah, game. so there's a, there's a category in Boulder Dash where you get given a um a, you know a real um acronym, and you've got to make mm-hmm. up what you think it is, and then everybody reads yep. their answers out along with the correct answer, and you've got to guess which is a correct one. Um, yep. and so I just kind of what what is ASAC? So I kind of looked them up. There's a there's a few good ones. There's Association of Scottish Automobile Constructors, um, <laughs> Antarctic Science Advisory Committee, yep. um, the um, Area Substance Abuse Council, Austrian oh, yeah. Society for Analytical Chemistry, which I guess oh, well, we all dream about joining that one day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Alaska State Area Command, Australian Seed Advisory Council. Oh, so there's a seed advisory overrated. council. I bet you didn't even know about. So, uh, so yeah. So no, now I I feel more informed. I feel like I now know <laughs> um, what ASAC stands for. So no, that that's really good. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think there. there uh, as you, as you rightfully say, there's a few good scenes here and we're kind of getting that thing of, you know, um, um, Hank is really struggling to give up this this hunt, you know, for Heisenberg, which we always knew was going to be the case. But, um, it, you know, like he's actually been called on it by his superiors, which is a real problem. Um, and, you know, that's that's certainly going to be something that's going to keep coming up here that, you know, this, this kind of desperate need to find Heisenberg is going to have a real impact on Hank. So, yeah, I think it's really important to kind of just have a little scene that kind of shows that. Um, 
yeah, I think there's you know some some other good scenes there. You know, I, I do love the kind of look on Gomi's face when he kind of opens that <laughs> that vault door and he's just hey. like smiling and waving. I think it's really funny. Um, and 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 yeah, and and I I do kind of um you know I, I I like a lot of the stuff that we've got around the kind of Walt coming back and doing the crying stuff and. I, I think it's all really fun. I mean, these are, these are all like, I think we're kind of glossing over them, but they are all really good, fun little scenes, you know? Um, and, you know, like it's just like the, the kind of casual line of what we just sometimes forget, you know, because he's just so good at it now, you know, that he's just able to lie so effectively that, you know, you go back to the early days and, and um, you know, c- coming up on the show later on, there's a really effective kind of scene where they kind of flash back to the beginning of the show and you see Walt kind of trying to lie and he's not very effective, but, you know, very early in the show and and you kind of you kind of see that evolution of him lying, which I think is, is really quite impressive. Um, yeah, are they the are they the most um, professional to be discussing this case? And for, and I guess it goes back to my big point that I've been making quite a lot as we've been talking is that you know again you know Walt was just so under the radar that you know they just don't even really consider him to be of any interest whatsoever they just they have no idea that he's that he's operating on the level he is and just goes back to that whole point of like he is just such a, a non-entity that they just don't even think about him which you know is a credit to that ability to lie i suppose i think you said about lots of really good scenes i mean this episode is just like a brilliant scene to begin with a brilliant scene to end with and it's just all great little scenes in the middle you know like there's again as we keep saying no nothing bad but like it's just if you were to take the the bookends of this episode off and have something different, this is still a great episode, isn't it? It's just kind of mm-hmm. like it just happens to be bookended by two pretty amazing scenes. So it's kind of it's interesting and not mean to like gel over everything in this episode, but I think it's kind of just there's just so much good stuff happening, and then we're obviously going to get to the kind of this ending, which is pretty amazing as well. Um, so Mike's sitting in the park, he gets uh, Dan calls him up. It's like, hey, got some stuff to talk to you about. Like, uh, I need to see you now. I'll come to the park. What park are you at? I've got to, like, nitpick a little bit here. Mike, Mike's very careful. It's like, shouldn't, like, Mike be, like, I'd be questioning this. If all of a sudden this guy's, like, asking where am I at this point in this time I need to see you right now. Even I'd just be like, this is unusual. You don't usually do this. Well, I think um, yeah. To go to my to go to my point that the the author of my Breaking Bad one one book was saying, Alan Seppenwall, as he says, kind of like, you know, the end of this episode, Mike acts in ways that he probably wouldn't. He trusts Walt. Where you know, like, why is he asking Walt to help him instead of Jesse? Which I think is an, a, a really good point. That yeah, he's just showing a a, a lack of kind of um, carefulness, which is which is out of place with who the character is. So yeah, I think I think it's a fair point. Which is, I guess we kind of said that a little bit about Fring, didn't we, in Face Off? Like, it's kind yep. of almost like it doesn't really make... But, like, again, you've got to get him from point A to point B and, and people make mistakes. You know, Michael Jordan wasn't great in all of his games. Like, he had some shit games every now and then, right? So, like, it's kind of like every now and then they're going to make some mistakes. But the thing that, like, I always feel that this sequence gets overlooked, kind of like, you know, when Walt calls up Mike and just like, they're coming for you, get the hell out of there. And, like, he kind of has to decide between, like, safety... And Kaylee, like it's just, it's kind of, it's mm. overlooked that he makes the decision to abandon his granddaughter, like in the middle of this park. Like, that's a pretty big fucking deal because, like, if anything, Mike's human side of like he's doing all this for his granddaughter, isn't he? So it's kind of like, I just, I feel this always gets overlooked that Mike abandons his granddaughter basically because he needs to escape. And I guess we don't really get, I mean, if, you, if you've had this out for an episode or two, then you're going to get maybe, you know, Mike's reactions to this and, um, you know, he's what daughter-in-law's reaction for abandoning and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's kind of quick and to the point, but it's effective because, again, like you kind of believe Mike would do this, wouldn't you? Like it's he's been so careful and everything that he's like, fuck, like what am I going to do? And he's just – even the way that Jonathan Banks handles this, you see him about to like shout something, but then he realizes he can't because you've got cops on either side. Like it's just, it's just really, really good. Um, calls up Soul – because uh, Jesse and Walt are with Sol here and uh, sort of trying to work out what's Mike going to do. I love Sol here. We hear a phone ringing and there's like, I think I counted like about nine oh, phones in there. so good. 13 yeah, so or good. something like that. <laughs> um, and basically Mike's calling up uh, Sol and it's like, I, I've left a car here. It's got a drop bag in it. It's got passports and guns. I need, I need you know, Sol, you to get it. And Sol's like, well, no, if they're following you, they're going to follow me. And this is where, as you said, like Jesse kind of offers to help, but uh, Mike's like, no kid, no kid, and then it's basically uh, Walt, which, yeah, I, I was kind of like, well, why would he let, like, he doesn't like Walt. They don't trust each other, so, okay, sure. And then we get this great closing scene where um, Mike's skipping rocks on this river, 
Uh, I love this setting, kind of just like this almost, I don't know what you call it, like a desert forest by the river. Like, it's great. I want to go here. This looks really cool. Um, kind of you have a standoff between Mike and Walt. Walt gives him the bag. And then, again, going back to what you were saying before about Walt expects a thank you. And because uh, like, basically Walt's like, you're welcome. And kind of Mike's like, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, if it wasn't for you. Like, we had a great thing going with Fring. Like, we had it perfectly set up. Everything was in order. And you had to come and, you know, all you had to do was say, yes, sir, no, sir. Like, and just get your money, make a lot of stuff and go, Rich, but no, you can do this. And, like, going back to my point of last season, I'm team Fring. I'm kind of team Mike here. I'm kind of like, well, yeah, kind of got a point. You know, well, you kind of fucked this up for yourself, buddy. Uh, and I, again, I guess that's the point of it, isn't it? Like, it, it is. Like, you know, we love Walt. Of course we do. But, like, you've kind of done this yourself, mate. Um, and basically, Walt can't accept this. Mike walks off. Well, I should say, the point of Walt questioning Mike is that he wants the names of these nine people in prison and Mike won't give it to him. He's like, no, like, you know, my guys are solid. Like, you know, they're, they're fine. Nothing's going to happen. And basically, we get this great, like, Brian Cranston's just amazing here. Just the, the way he kind of walks off to the car, and he's kind of like, he wants to walk away, but it's just something snaps. It's this ego. It's just this everything. And he just he, he's like, no, he's mad. He can't let Mike get away with this. He just walks up to the car and shoots him. I always question, why does he just shoot him in the head? But I guess he just shoots him in the stomach. And then Mike sort of obviously foot on the accelerator, crashes into a, a tree or like a mound of dirt or something like that. I do question how he manages to get out of the car so quickly and sit on the bank, but, like, whatever. Um, and then Walt sort of goes up and finds him just sitting there, chilling by the river. Great. Like, just it's just a silence here. Like, it's just amazing. It just adds to the scene of it. Just There's, like, a good, what, 30 seconds to a minute here where Walt's staring at Mike and just kind of, like, he's trying to work out what to say. And then he kind of basically says just, like, hey, like, shit, I could have gotten this off Lydia. Like, what am I doing? Um, you know, and he keeps trying to talk. And then Mike's just basically just, like, Shut the fuck up. Let me die in peace. And then there's a great shot, which I always forget, like, because it's such like an overhead shot where you barely, you mainly focusing on the sunset. You kind of see, you know, little mini Mike in the bottom right-hand side of the screen, and then you hear this thud. He falls down. Obviously, he dies. The end. Like, fuck. Like, it's just so effective, so amazing, kind of fitting for the Mike character. This is how he dies. Um, I mean, again, I've lumped a lot into there and we'll eulogize Mike in, once we've sort of discussed this scene. But again, obviously top five, marked it down as a potential top five scene. But um, just I love even Walt here. Like, he just regrets it straight away. Like there is a bit of human in Mike, uh, Walt still that you'll get in these scenes. But um, just an effective way to kill off Mike. Yeah, well, that's interesting. That's like, yeah, I, I, I mostly agree with what you're saying there because one of my points i was going to ask was is this a bit of a punk way for mike to die like kind of getting almost an accidental kind of like it's not accidental but like you know like it's this, um, this kind of impulse shot that walt has and i don't think he actually really expected it to be a fatal shot um and i think kind of it reminds me a lot of the the scene in um in half me- um, no half measures um where he kind of like just kind of gets out of the car and makes this impulsive decision to shoot the drug dealer in the head, you know, like it's kind mm. of, he, he almost has the same kind of walk, you know, this kind of like slightly stuttering kind of, you know, not entirely sure that, you know, that, that what he's going to do, but does it anyway. Um, and um, I guess probably like after the whole Gus death, it's like, it's actually kind of nice, I suppose, to have a death that's not like a big explosion. You know, it is just like this kind of quite quiet death, and and um, that final line he says is is you know quite understated, I think, as well. So I, I've kind of like bounced back and forwards about do I think this is a the fitting end? Is it a bit of a punk death for Mike? Um, but you know, I, and and I don't really have an answer on that. You know, some days I think, oh yeah, it's a it's a great ending for Mike, and the other days it's like oh, I wish he'd probably had something that was a bit more kind of I don't know hard hitting. I, I don't really know, but um, yeah, I think it's um, it, you know, it's really interesting because I think like the book I was I was referencing before talks about that for story reasons these guys needed to get rid of Mike at this point, and so you know they kind of had to do this. Um, but you know like it's really sad to lose this character i think you know because it has been somebody who's been and i guess this is one of the things about the scene is that mike's been so invincible like 
he always has a way of getting out of things. He's always in control of a situation. Um, and, you know, Walt's got the better of him on certain occasions and ultimately it's Walt that gets the better of him in the end here, you know. Um, and and I guess it's kind of surprising in that respect because you, you just never kind of really are, are, are ready, I think, for Mike to die. It's not something that you really ever, you know, could have expected because he is this kind of, almost a mortal type of character. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a great scene. I think the way it's delivered is, is really, really good. I do just have that kind of question about is, is this the way that we wanted this this kind of hard-hitting character to die? But I think that that's, that's a debatable point, and I, and I do really enjoy what we get here. I think some of the imagery is really, really cool as well. Um, you know, I do I, I almost think it's like almost Australian, you know, like the the hmm. kind of red, red dirt and kind yeah. of – high trees and things like that it did kind of remind me of you know some of those movies i've watched that are set in the outback and um so yeah i think it kind of almost had that look about it i think that the setting is really really nice as well and yeah i think it's um uh, there's a lot going on here and i think there's it's almost this moment of kind of walt slipping back into walt into Walter, like he's basically been Heisenberg full time and now this kind of moment of, of kind of humanity where he just suddenly becomes Walt again for a moment before he before he goes back into being Heisenberg. I think the thing, like, I get your point, but like, I, I kind of, I don't know, I just feel it's fitting because yeah, he's a badass, yeah, he's kind of invincible, but it's kind of like I think that's where it's kind of cool to just see him go out, just like so nonchalant. Like, yeah, you kind of want this big sort of thing, but it just, it just, it feels realistic. It kind of happens, and sometimes this sort of stuff just happens with these types of characters. And I think that like Mike would go missing every now and then and kind of come back and doesn't really always have a massive screen presence. But I don't know, like I just I just feel it fits because it kind of like it's it's that two sides that he's a bit of a badass, but then he can be a real softy, like as we see with like Kaylee and that. But like um I know I've just I've always felt it's fitting and it's it's kind of odd that as I keep saying, like I always forget this is the episode that he dies. And I kind of almost think that it's kind of fitting because like when you meet Mike, he's just kind of there and you don't realise who he's gonna be and then all of a sudden you'll get an episode where Mike's a massive badass and you're like, holy fuck, this guy's amazing. And then all of a sudden he just kind of goes missing. Like, I mean, think about the end of last season. He literally wasn't in the final two episodes and you kind of don't really realise it. Then he comes back in the beginning of this season. Oh, there's Mike. He's back. So I kind of just like that. And I think his death kind of just sums it up. Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine Mike going out in any other way. I just I just, I just, just couldn't. I just think this kind of works for Mike. So, um, I like, and this is a weird thing. I, the more and more I think about any major character's death on this show, I don't think anyone has a bad death on this show. There's not one character on this show where I'm kind of like, oh, that death should have deserved more. I think every death from a major character on this show is perfect almost. So I, I've never had a problem with Mike dying like this. I think it's um, I think it's perfect. Yeah, and like I say, I, I certainly don't have any problems with that. It's always just one of those things of like, oh, is it right for the character? And, and like I say, some days I think, the answer to that is yes. You know, sometimes I, I really like it. And there's other days I feel like, ah, oh, would it have been better to have the kind of like head exploding type thing that, you know, but I actually, but I, I do think you're probably right in talking it through. But um, regardless of, of that, I think it's um, it's kind of, fit. it feels like the right time for Mike to go. Um, and so we're probably moving into the eulogizing the character. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, like Mike's been such a great presence for the show. I think he kind of you know, came in at the end of season two and he's been such a, a great presence through this and been a great antagonist for Walt. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, um, I, I really enjoyed it. And I guess we've got the meta knowledge that he's in Better Call Saul, so we're going to see lots more of him, which we obviously didn't know at the time of, of this being filmed, but we know that now. And I think there's there's one episode in particular I'm thinking of a Better Call Saul, which is very Mike-centric, gives a bit of backstory mm. as to who he is, which is maybe my favorite episode of Better Call Saul. You know, it is just an amazing episode. And um, yeah, I think it's, once you've seen that episode, I think it gives this episode even more meaning, you know, because you kind of know what he's been through to get to this point. So, so yeah, it's um, sad to see him go, but I, I think um, probably the right time in the show and the narrative to kind of say goodbye to Mike. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And just eulogize. I mean, like, Always love Mike as a character, and as you said, like I, I, I don't even remember. I think, I think it was billed pretty heavily when Better Call Saul was announced that Jonathan Banks was coming back as a main yeah, cast member, yeah. wasn't it? Because I, yeah. I know with um, Giancarlo Esposito, he kind of wasn't brought into what season two, season three, right? So I think it was three, yeah. So kind of that was a bit promoted then, but I think yeah, straight away when they announced the cast, it was like Bob Odenkirk, Jonathan Banks are coming back, um, and I, I think it works. Like I think. 
you know, I think it's great to kind of see. Although, like, the one thing that I still always question, and again, I've only really watched Better Call Saul through once, so I can't remember it, is, like, you sort of get all this relationship between Saul and, and Mike in this show where, like, they're at each other's throats, they really hate each other, whereas, like, I'm like, well, don't they work together a lot more in Better Call Saul? Like, like, is there something more to that? But I, I'm guessing there is because pretty much everything is always tied up in these shows. Um, but, like, I think he's just the perfect kind of, like, henchman who kind of does his thing. Jonathan Banks is just perfect with this role. I mean, anything Jonathan Banks is, he's basically this character. Um, but he just he just fits it so well. And I think they can weirdly, like, humanise him to a point where they don't humanise him so much, you know. Um, and it's, it's interesting here. Here's a trivia fact for you, and you might already know the answer to this, or you might have this in front of you. Mike is one of only two characters, and this will be a bit of a spoiler alert, but uh, we kind of mentioned, I think, a week or so ago, uh, that appears in Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Who's the other one, Nick? Who's the other character that appears in all three? Um, is it Lydia? No. Oh. She's mentioned indirectly in El Camino, but does not appear. I say Jimmy, so Jimmy slash Soul and Lydia get mentioned indirectly in El Camino, but do not appear. Right. Um, I wouldn't have guessed this. I think you, you, as soon as I say who it is, you'll be like, oh, of course. Yeah, well, we don't want too much dead air on this episode. I could probably think of it if you gave me enough time, but no, it's not not springing to mind. Ed Galbraith, the uh, the vacuum cleaner. Oh guy. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, he's the one. Uh, but that that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't really want else to add. I mean, again, badass Mike in some of those episodes is amazing. You could have a Mike spin-off, and I think people would have been completely yeah. okay with it. Like, have a better call Mike <laughs> instead of better call Soul. Uh, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's, he's a great character. I, I love kind of like the stuff towards the end with him and Jesse as well. I really like when him and Jesse almost become close, like it will do become close. It's great. And the scene with him and Jesse in, in El Camino is pretty good as well. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love Mike. I mean, I don't know if he, like, if you rank your characters of Breaking Bad, there are other ones that I think are, you know, much better than Mike, but I mean, I don't think anyone dislikes Mike. He's fantastic. So, um, well, I think yeah. you and I have had a few discussions, and, and we've always got a bit of a different um, viewpoint on Lydia. You know that yeah. um, of yeah. what we think of her, but I don't think anybody would say that Mike doesn't belong on the show. Like it's a perfect character. I think um, serves a really, really functional role, but is also played incredibly well by Jonathan Banks. Like he just knocks it out of the park. He's the right person for this role. Um, and, you know, like I think it's it's just kind of hard to imagine anybody else doing that role. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think he, he just – you kind of just walked in in that first episode and felt like he belonged, and yeah. and and ever since then I've just been on board with with Mike. You know, um, you know, right character, right place. Um, so yeah, it's sad to see him go, but like I say, I think probably the time was right for him to to kind of take an exit because yeah, we we kind of need to move the show in a different direction, and and Mike really can't be there for that. Other things here, Jonathan Banks. Um said if it was up to him, he thinks Mike never would have left Kaylee in the playground. Um, but he said he accepted it and said that he respects the writers. Um, he never meets Walter White Jr., Skylar, or Marie. Uh, he does, however, share a scene with Walter Jr. and Skylar in Caballo Sin Nombre. Uh, he doesn't interact with them, but he's watching them from a distance. Um, he drives seven different cars in both series there you go that's uh, what you want to know in he apparently was in uh u.s special forces we learn um yeah okay there's a bunch of other trivia bits here a lot mainly better call soul trivia but uh rip mike thank you mike we appreciate your job and jonathan banks you're pretty awesome uh so uh, what are we doing with this episode? How about how about look? I, I build up to you again because it could have a history making moment here. Um, I will quickly just say the Ringer has this at number eight out of sixty-two, so a top ten episode for them. They have this above Crawl Space and just below the penultimate episode of this season, Granite State. So uh, interesting there. I'm buying it, obviously. And I think it's a great episode, obviously, with two iconic moments in it, two potential top fives, and uh, with a bunch of good stuff in the middle of it. And I'll just jump in here and say that uh, I have this currently sitting at ninth overall. So I've got this in the top ten right now. 
Will it jump down a spot next week? We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, but I've got it just below end times and just above and the bags in the river. So uh, there you go. But Nick, no pressure on you right now. A buy here would equal the Oz Network record for 18 buys in a row set by me for Nip Tuck. So <laughs> over to you, Nick Chester. Is there going to be a record equaling moment right now? Oh, it's definitely a bin. It's a shit episode. So it yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's a, it's a buy. It's it's hey. totally a buy. It's, it's a great episode. <laughs> um, so um, we're, we're some Patico on this one because I've got it at nine as well. Um, wow. So yeah, I th- I think it's a great episode, top ten episode at the moment. Um, and and yeah, I think it's um. You know, whenever you get the death of a major character, that's probably always going to be, some, you know, an, a memorable episode, generally speaking. And, um, you know, I think it's memorable for all the right reasons. Um, I think a lot of those little scenes that we've talked about, um, you know, like uh, are maybe a little bit forgotten, but they're actually really cool scenes that kind of build the story out. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a really fun episode to kind of come back and, and look at later on as well. So um, it is one that, you know, I, I often think about, you know, if, I'm, if I've got, a, you know, a couple of hours to kill and i want to watch a couple of episodes of breaking bad while i'm doing whatever i'm doing um which ones would i chuck on and this is one i think i'd get a lot of fun just from watching um on its own and i think it is one that you can kind of watch um without a desperate need to be like oh my god what happens next it's got a bit of closure at the end and that makes it a bit different from a lot of the other ones um and so i think it is a really kind of satisfying one to kind of just click on and watch on its own so yep no definitely a buy for me and so yeah i'm I'm inching in on a record here no pressure for next week because next week's episode is rubbish nothing happens at all (laughs) does it like jesus christ oh finally we had gotten to the 19 mark um so next week uh, it is technically a season finale, sort of. Uh, gliding over all. I keep thinking it's gliding all over. Maybe I've just got, um, what's it when you read things backwards? Um, <laughs> dyslexia. Dyslexia. Maybe we've got dyslexia. Um, but, um, oh, like, I just, I think this is another one of those ones when I did my speed rewatch recently. I messaged you going, God, this episode's good. Um, so much happening. And you're like, you can see why they made this sort of the mid-season cliffhanger uh, ultimately where there's a year between the end of this and the beginning. So to clarify to people, we're obviously doing all of season five as one. So we're just doing all 16 episodes. We're not doing season one, part A, part B. So there's not going to be a top five list at the end of this. We could have cheated and done it because there's obviously so many great moments, but we're going to make it more complicated for ourselves. But, uh, I mean, look, this episode alone, I mean, the cliffhanger alone, I mean, the most famous scene of somebody doing a shit ever in uh, television. But, um, I mean, God, I've marked down four potential top five moments. There is, um, like, (laughs) we keep saying there's no turning back for Heisenberg now, but holy fuck, he's just evil, evil beyond next week. My my favourite cook montage is next week. Love it. Um... There's a the Skylar gets a great scene with with Walt. Uh, just so many amazing and the cliffhanger. Holy fuck balls! I wish I watched this live because I couldn't imagine how that was for twelve months watching this, uh, waiting for it to come out. So, I mean, what more can you say about gliding overall? It's a, it's an incredible episode. If if we were if this had have gone the way which I wish they had have done and just made this the end of season five and then part B was season six, then this might be one of the all-time great series uh, season finales of this show. Uh, it's just, it's so good. So we're obviously talking about it just like it's the eighth episode of season five, but we obviously know there's a little bit more around to it, but uh, so much good stuff to talk about next week. I feel weirdly that this is a little bit underrated, this episode, like because it is so good. And I don't often think of it as being, you know, like in that, you know, people talk about our oh, face off and Ozymandias as being these, you know, the amazing top level episodes. And um, this one often, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's in that conversation often. And I think it should be, it's a phenomenal episode. And it's one that we're kind of like, nothing is wasted. Like every moment of this episode is, is so good. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a real transitionary episode as well, you know, because obviously, you know, what the show has been and the, what the season has been anyway um, changes at the end. You know, like a, there really isn't a kind of, you know, the thing that closes the episode and closes this half season actually kind of sets back. us up for where we go next. Yeah. And, and the show becomes something quite different in its last eight episodes because of what happens at the end of this episode. So yeah, there's, there's not a shortage of things to talk about. That's for sure. 
It does open up pretty uh, triggering, though, for me, I will say that. There's a scene at the very uh, opening second of this episode, <laughs> yes. which um, I got a bit worried about. I think the first time I watched this episode, <laughs> like, no, no, don't do it to me. Uh, that's next week. In the meantime, do all the stuff that we tell you to do at the end of the episode. Patreon, like us, follow our other shows. There's lots of good stuff going on. And listen to our other shows, too, because they're good as well. My name is Ben. And will you just shut the fuck up and let me end this podcast in peace? And my name's Nick, and uh, I just want to get my money and get out. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>